I'm so good. Congrats on your new book. Thank you so much. Congrats on your life and your mission. <laughs> and I just am such an admirer and a fan. You know what I mean? I like I have been following a thousand hours outside for like years. So I just, I love that we're connecting. So thank you. Uh, I love, I'm going to start saying that to people. Congrats on your life. Wait, where's my video? Yeah, congrats on your whole life. There I am. Oh, the there you are. Oh, we need this because look at your desk. look at your background. You know, it's like you're in the woods. <laughs> exactly. This is amazing. Because hey, I can't be in the woods when I need to be connected. <laughs> no, no kidding. Well, the, yeah. Thanks for doing this. And Absolutely. You sent. You did. You someone sent uh, a bunch of your stuff, and it's phenomenal. Our kids are super into protein powder. We got like teens, so they're really into making those like shakes and stuff like that. So everyone was thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. I love it. I love it. I love it. That makes me so happy. You know, I'm just, I'm so excited to talk to you about kids and life. And I started listening to your podcast recently and I just love it. So. Oh, you're so sweet. I think this will be really helpful for parents because food comes up a lot just in terms of if you're outside for a good portion of the day, what do I cook? What do I take with me when we go outside? Oh, I love that topic. Like, traveling outside of the house like how do you stay away from mcdonald's (laughs) yeah seriously um okay well if you're ready i'm i dive right in i've got all sorts of stuff to talk about i'm i'm ready Uh, here we go welcome to the 1000 hours outside podcast my name is jenny urich and i am beyond thrilled to have a brand new guest with us today vani hari welcome Thank you so much for having me here today, Jenny. I've been following you on social media for so long, it feels like, and I just so appreciate your mission and your message to the world out there because, oh my goodness, I did not, I mean, I spent a lot of time as a kid outside, but not enough because my parents were both too busy working and they were just student people like they're both teachers and they're engineers and mathematicians and they just like they're not like outdoorsy woodsy kind of folk you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so i've had to undo that in my brain that comfort of like air conditioning and being inside and trying to make myself more outdoorsy with my children and just in my life too. And whenever I'm in nature, I tell you, I just feel so much better. Me too. And parenting is hard. So I think we need those moments. We have a lot of crossover here because we're both here talking about our kids and we're talking about things that maybe we didn't grow up with or things that we didn't grow up knowing, but we're trying to make some substantial changes based off of research for the sake of our kids. And also the cool thing is that when we make these changes in our families, it affects everyone. It helps us too. And so you are the food babe. My kids just absolutely loved. We have a box of your stuff. We've got your beautiful new cookbook. I know this is your third book. Fourth book. Fourth book. <laughs> well, what yes. are, oh, it's Feeding You Lies, Food Babe Kitchen, Food Babe Family. And Food Babe Way. Okay. All right. So, this, I mean, this is incredible. And the kids were this, you know, they really like you have these bars. They're called the only, is that what it's called? It's the Truvani only bar. The Truvani only bar. Yeah. Using ingredients you would only find in your kitchen. So like nothing weird and yeah. like 
just the simple stuff that if you were making a homemade bar, what ingredients would you use? And that's how it started. I started in my kitchen and I was creating bars in my kitchen because I never liked any of the bars that were out there. I always felt they tasted overly processed or too sugary or they had a weird texture. And so I wanted things to taste homemade as possible. And that started with the ingredients. And we use dates and maple syrup to bind it all together. So it's just like the same thing you would do in your own house. Right. And they taste really good. And I'm, my kids love them too. My little one loves the coconut cashew. And my older one who's six, she loves the oatmeal chocolate chip. Oh, so. that's so cool. Our kids are seven to 15. So we're in that little bit of a next stage and they were pulling the things out and they, I was telling you, they really like to make these protein shakes. So you have all these different kinds of protein powders and they were saying, they just kept going, thanks food, babe. <laughs> thanks food, babe. <laughs> <laughs> next time you're going to send me a video. Yeah. That's too cute. <laughs> I, I got a couple clips, so I'll shoot it over. But this book, Food Babe Family, it's more than a cookbook. You have so much information in here about how to feed your family. And I love that you took this approach of like, here's what we do. Here's what we did starting at infancy. I'm going to walk you through what it actually looked like in our home. But before we hop into this, can you give us, I'm sure most people are going to know, but can you give us a little bit of your background on how, I mean, you are doing substantial things. Like when you talked about how you, you know, you called up your army, your food babe army, and you're going into Kellogg's and you're saying this baby shark cereal. No, you know, we have to fix these things. How did you end up in this spot that you're at? Well, I grew up as a child with like a lot of health issues. I was in and out of doctor offices all the time, but my parents also were feeding me a diet of a lot of processed foods. I mean, I was eating fast food several times a week. And because my mom didn't know how to cook American food because she was an immigrant from India, she relied on the processed food industry. So she had the Betty Crocker and the hamburger helper and the Salisbury steak dinners that you would stick into the microwave. Like I ate all of that stuff. And because the Indian cooking was so foreign to me and like everybody I was surrounding myself around, like in my neighborhood at my schools, I shunned that cooking that she still knew how to make. And she was making for herself and her, my dad. And my brother was like, this stuff's weird. It smells funny. It's it looks funny. It doesn't look like the food that everybody else is eating here in America. And we were one of the only Indian families at the time here in Charlotte. And so it was just like, we were sticking mm. out like sore thumbs. So we were doing whatever we could to fit in. And it meant eating at Burger King several times a week and like having my birthday parties there and like doing all of that. And when my parents took me into doctors, they were like, didn't ask me anything about what I was eating or what my parents were feeding me. They just gave me a lot of prescription drugs. And so I was on antibiotics, steroids, three different medications just to control my asthma. I had eczema, you know, steroid drugs, injections, all sorts of crazy stuff. And then in my early 20s, I kind of hit rock bottom. I ended up in the hospital. I was overweight, felt really, really bad about myself because I was living this lifestyle again where I was trying to fit in. I was mm. had this fancy job right out of college where they put me on an expense account. And so I could like buy whatever food I wanted. And it didn't mm. matter because it was like, so like they gave me so much money to spend on food. And, and they would take me to these lavish dinners with like five course meals. And then they would cater in breakfast, lunch, and dinner and have food available all the time while we were just sitting in a cubicle, like not outside, not getting any exercise, like sitting there and just eating stuff. And then we would be expected to work late. And the only thing that was available was like, you know, Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' Donuts. And so we would eat that. And 
that's when I hit rock bottom is when I ended up in the hospital with appendicitis. And at the time they said, you know, appendicitis is like something that like happens randomly. You don't need your appendix. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to take this out and you're going to be just fine. And that's not true. The science of today is actually that your appendix is there for a reason. Like God put it there for a reason. And it's there to actually populate your gut with good bacteria. And what was happening to my body at the time was I was so inflamed. It was starting to inflame my organs. And one of those organs that attaches to your intestines is your appendix. And it was inflamed and that's why it had to come out. And so if I hadn't been eating all of that inflammatory food, that wouldn't have happened to me. I really, truly believe that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people do get their appendix taken out because of what's happened to our food supply in terms of the chemicals that have been added and then the chemicals that have been created and invented to produce these like food-like substances that all of us are Mm -hmm. addicted to because they make it addictive because they're putting flavorings in it to mimic the same chemicals they put in tobacco that made us addicted to cigarettes they are using the same technology and the same science in food companies to create addiction to food, to stimulate that pleasure part of the brain, to remember that flavor, to remember that taste, to produce saliva in our, in our mouths so that we like salivate uh, at the thought of having something like even to this day, when I think of a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, my mouth waters because I remember the flavor. I remember the taste. It's delicious. And the reason it's so delicious is the second ingredient is MSG. And MSG is actually fed to rats to make them fat in obesity studies so that they can study obesity. And so this is an ingredient we don't want to add to our food, right? There's naturally occurring MSG and things like that in tomatoes, et cetera, that make it that unami flavor. But we don't want to be adding these chemicals to our diet because we're in a situation where our entire palates are being hijacked by the food industry. So when I went through this rock bottom kind of situation in my early 20s, I decided to just make health a priority. And the first thing Mm. I did was like, start Weight Watchers and like start all these things that I thought were like, healthy at the time that would help me get healthy. And what I found out was that all of these different diets I tried to join, whether it was Weight Watchers looking at points or some kind of calorie program or removing fat grams or looking at carbs. None of those programs and those diets ever took into account the ingredients in food. And once I realized that the ingredients is what matters, not the actual macro nutrition on the nutritional label, it's actually the ingredient panel that matters the most. Everything started to change. I lost all the weight that I gained. I started to maintain an equilibrium where I didn't have to diet or feel bad about myself or anything. I just was like a normal weight and I didn't have to worry about it anymore because I was just eating real food. And then my skin improved, my hair improved, my eczema went away, my asthma went away. I went off nine prescription drugs in my early twenties. Right. And then my life has never been the same since. And that's when this transformation started happening. Everyone around me saw it because it was physical and Mm. They said, Bonnie, you need to share what you're doing because you look great. You know, you look like a brand new person. And I said, okay, well, here's what I'm learning. And so I started blogging about it on foodbabe.com. And that's when I started to gain a community. And I didn't know like there's all these other people out there with 
health journeys of their own and the wellness journeys of their own that were trying to look for answers beyond what was available. And they were trying to find a reason why they were hooked to this food or find a reason why they were suffering so many health issues. And I just started, I'm getting chills right now because of Mm. all the people that I've heard stories from in terms of when, for example, hearing from parents and how they removed artificial food dyes from their kids' food, what happened with their children and how they started to behave more appropriately in school and not have kind of these mental issues that would rise up because they were getting the nutrition in these little bodies and they weren't being subjected to all these additives that cause these problems. And so it was just such an amazing time. And I kept writing. And I think one of the first things that happened that really allowed me to have the confidence to quit my job was when Chick-fil-A invited me to their headquarters and invited me to consult. And I was taking off from my job, like putting in PTO so Mm -hmm. I can take off during the work week so I could go consult with Chick-fil-A. And so I just was like, okay, this is definitely my calling. Like I need to be doing this work because this is going to impact millions of people. And I feel like I can make such a big change. And so when I quit my job, that's when everything started to change. And that's when I felt confident also enough to take on some of the big big, big wigs like Kraft and Subway and the whole entire beer industry. I mean, for so long, the one thing in my fridge that I didn't know what the ingredients were, it drove me crazy. It was my husband's beer. I'm not even a beer drinker. So when I took on the beer industry, I remember I was just like, oh gosh, they're going to be like laughing at me and like, why does she even care or like whatever? But I'm like, I love my husband. I want him to make sure he's not drinking like a bunch of chemicals every time he drinks. Of course, there's chemicals in beer and alcohol is a poison, you know, like all of that, right? But I knew all the stuff they had done to food. So I knew they were doing some messed up stuff to beer too. And that's when I decided to pit Miller Coors, who were, they were separate companies at the time, Miller Coors against Anheuser-Busch against each other and say, who's going to release their ingredients first? And thankfully within 48 hours of starting that petition, Anheuser-Busch called me, wrote me a letter and said, we are going to post our ingredients. You were right. And we want to invite you to the headquarters, you and your whole entire family. And I took my husband and his dad and his brother-in-law and like everybody or our brother-in-law and like, and took everyone there. It was really fun. And then at that meeting, which is so fun to mention is they asked me like, what's next? Like, what do you want us to do? And I'm like, you need to create an organic beer. And if you've noticed in the last three years of the Super Bowl, they've uh, announced an organic beer. They advertise it during the Super Bowl. It's the coolest thing ever. So, wow. So that's just. An example of some of the things that really inspired me to become an activist. And then since then, I, during that time, it was so crazy because I was on the front of newspapers like everywhere and mm-hmm. everybody was like talking about what I was doing. And it just felt very intense because I was like, I like being in the newspapers to shine a light on what's happening in the food system. Mm-hmm. But I don't like this attention on me per se. Mm-hmm. And so in the food industry was looking for any way to like stop the momentum I was having, because at this time, Kraft said that they were going to remove artificial food dyes from mac and cheese. Subway was removing chemicals from their bread. The beer industry was changing the way that they label ingredients. Mm-hmm. Starbucks was removing caramel color level four, which is considered a carcinogen out of their pumpkin spice lattes and all their drinks. And they were also releasing the ingredients in all of their drinks because for the longest time, you didn't even know what you were drinking at Starbucks, which was so crazy. Chipotle had announced that they're going GMO free and posting their ingredients. And so like, 
all of these companies and the Chick-fil-A announced that they're going to antibiotic free and removing a lot of the artificial food dyes from their food. And like all this stuff was happening. It was so fast. And the food industry was like, oh my goodness, this lady is too powerful. We need to tear her down. And so they paid for, they paid quote unquote experts that were credentialed experts like PhD scientists at different universities to be the antagonist. Anytime there was an article that was positively recognizing the work that I had done, they would be these antagonists that show up to try to diminish what I had been doing, calling me pseudoscientific, that she's fear-mongering, you know, all of these things. And that's when I realized that, you know, at the time, I didn't know that they were being paid by the biggest chemical companies in the world. That information came out later when we submitted Freedom of Information Request Acts to their universities and read their emails and saw the money exchange. It was crazy. It was actually that made front page news in the New York Times, which was so crazy. But I didn't know it at the time. And that's what I wrote about in Feeding You Lies. But it really, it was really hard to keep going. And I just remember that was the time where I just did a lot of inner reflection and I decided to have a baby. And when after I had a baby and my daughter, which is, I think is so important to this podcast, just talking about kids, like Mm -hmm. my whole, I mean, your entire brain changes as a mother. I mean, that's scientifically accurate to say. And so you just become a little bit softer, a little bit more gentle and nurturing. You're not so tenacious in a way because you have to be a little less risk averse in terms of protecting your child and and being nurturing and and having that. I don't know. Everything changed for me. Like I Mm -hmm. never thought that when I had my child that I would become a different person, but I did. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anyone ever thinks that, right? They just think they're going to go about doing their own thing. And I realized I wanted to be stay at home mom. You know, I wanted to nurse. You know, I wanted, I, I nursed my first daughter for two, until she was three and a half. My son, I'm still nursing. He's two and a half. Awesome. And been nursing for the last seven years. So mm-hmm. um, it's just like, I realized I, being with my kids and raising my kids and teaching them about food and nutrition and all of that was like the most important thing for me. When I think about keeping my kids safe, I would say that's the job of like number one of parents, right? Mm-hmm. Keep your kids safe. Yeah. And everything I know about the safety data of this food that we're eating, I just want to do whatever I can to keep them safe. And so as I've been raising my kids, I've been teaching them and also teaching myself how to live in this over-processed world. Hmm. And that's where Food Babe Family was born, my latest cookbook, because it was actually two books in one. It's half guidebook, half cookbook, and that the guidebook part is all of the things that I did to raise my children in terms of getting them to love vegetables and love a variety of food and not be addicted to processed foods and not want Mm -hmm. to have like goldfish for every snack and like that kind of thing. And I just wanted to share what worked for me and my kids Mm -hmm. and let parents know that there's another option out there. What a story. What a story. Nine prescription drugs. I said drugs. (laughs) Nine prescription (laughs) drugs. I mean, eczema. Wow. I think it's so powerful because so often we get to a point in our life when we think that change is not possible and that we're stuck. That is such a powerful story to know that you were able to turn things around and turn things around in a way that wasn't easy, but the concept is simple. It's not easy to make those changes, but the concept of saying, real foods and not this long list of ingredients. And I love how in the book for some of the things you put that list of ingredients in there and it makes you pause and think, oh, I I don't know any of these words. What is all of this that we are ingesting into our bodies 
on a regular basis. So wow, how powerful. So people can get your new book, Food Made Family, which like I said, it goes through your daily life. It goes through these stages of the kids, but then also all these other books that are fantastic too. And just going through those lies, like the food industry is filled with lies. You had great ones in here. You said Gerber says, offering wholesome nutrition with none of the hassle. And yet their blueberry puffs don't contain any blueberries at all. So there's a lot of information out there. Like you say, we're being hijacked. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com outside for 15% off your first order. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started today and get after your goals. Some of the things we love about Factor are their two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Our kids love the pancakes, smoothies, and more. And there's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, including midday bites. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And remember, to sign up and save, we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash outside50 and use code outside50 to get 50% off. That's code outside50 at factormeals.com slash outside50 to get 50% off. Yeah, yeah, we are. You know, I think the number one thing that I get asked about when in terms of children and eating is how do I get my picky kid to eat vegetables? You know, or how can I make my kid less picky? And I don't, you know, I think instinctually, it's important to recognize that kids push boundaries all the time. They're always seeing where the boundary is. And they're seeing that with their meals too. And so you as the parent have to recognize that you have the control Mm -hmm. and you have to set the boundaries in terms of what your kids are eating. And eventually, if you understand how the food industry has hijacked their little taste buds, you can start to pay attention to that and buy less of that food. And I'll give you a great example. 
The reason why a lot of kids love to have a snack like goldfish, for example, every single day at snack time is because it's the same thing every single time. It's, there's no uniformity to it. There's no variety to it. It's the same little fish filled with enriched white flour, uh, autolyzed yeast extract, which is a form of MSG that is a, that brain stimulating chemical that makes you want to eat more than you should. So you eat one and you want to finish the bag. Wow. The third thing is the sugar. And then you've got the flavoring added to it, which also hijacks your brain because they're creating the one millionth best part of a taste in mm. there. And then dentists are saying, which by the way, I just want to mention this. Dentists say that the number one snack food that causes the most cavities is actually goldfish. It's the white flower sticking to the teeth. That's a side note, but a goldfish is the same every single time. But say you serve blueberries one day. Well, sometimes they're sweet. Sometimes they're sour. Sometimes they're mealy. Sometimes they're juicy. Sometimes they're big. Sometimes they're small. They're all over the place, right? And if your kid's not used to that variety of how food is, and they're only used to getting the same thing every single time, which is why the fast food giants, you know what the difference is between a McDonald's hamburger and a Wendy's hamburger and a Burger King hamburger. You know the difference because they want you to know the difference because they want it to be the same every single time so you know what to expect. And that creates the less variety in a child's palate. And that's what creates picky eating. If you want your kids to be less picky, stop eating processed foods. Unbelievable. That is so fascinating. I've never heard that before. Wow. Okay. So, all right. So, Bonnie, here's what we got. We got families that are trying to get their kids outside a lot. And food comes up quite often. It comes up in two ways. The first way it comes up is we are out and about. We're going to, we want to get outside. So, we're going to go after school to the playground for a little bit. And then we're coming home and we don't have as much time to cook dinner. Or it comes up, what comes up with picnics too, but it also comes up with snacks because we're trying to get outside. So people ask a lot, what are good snacks to bring? And I always tell people, it doesn't take much to go outside, but you do need friends, food, and a first aid kit. That's what I always say. Like food really helps. If you want to have an extended period of time outside, you need to have some food along. And so this book, this Food Babe family covers all of it. I mean, you have phenomenal lunches in here, phenomenal snacks, Phenomenal desserts, because then people say, well, how do I get my teenagers outside? And I say, well, if you could bring a special treat, something different, invite some friends, make it really special. And you've got some really amazing things in here for that, too. So it's like you cover it all. This is the information that families are looking for. So let's start at the beginning, because the first year of life is really important for getting babies outside. Angela Hanscom has a whole chapter on that in her book, Balanced and Barefoot. And we kind of did what you did. So I was excited to read. I would just bring like a mango or an avocado and a spoon and people would be like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's funny, like years ago, before I had kids, I climbed Mount Fuji in Japan mm-hmm. and there's like really no food on the way, right? Like you got to really just pack your bag. I mean, there's some noodle huts and things and on the very, very top, there's like little restaurants or whatever, but like you're just needing to pack food. And I just remember throwing a few avocados in my bag and it actually made my backpack kind of heavy because of the pit, right? Uh But I was just like, okay, this is going to fuel me through this hike. And it really did. And it was just like, you know, and I stopped at the noodle huts too, but like it was such good energy and it was so easy and it was real food. And it's so funny. And I just remembered that from when I 
climbed Mount Fuji that like I can do that with my kids. Like when I'm going to a restaurant, we're waiting for a meal. I could just have an avocado and whip it out, put a little sea right. salt on it. Here you go. Well, it's you like know? it's in its own package. You yes. know, you don't have yeah. to open the jar. So can you talk us through the beginning? Because a lot of moms have babies. And I know that it can be very overwhelming when we start feeding them. What do we feed them? There's a lot of information on both sides about allergies, you know, egg allergies and peanut allergies and all these allergies. So you in this book, walk us through how you started, what you started with your yeah. first foods. So what did you do and what do you recommend? So a lot of, there's been this old school recommendation of rice cereal, which rice cereal, unfortunately has higher levels of arsenic in it. So it's not the healthiest thing that you can give your child. Also rice cereal doesn't really have a lot of teeming vitamins and minerals in it. So I don't recommend that as you know, the first foods, uh, out of anything that you would feed your child. The first food I gave both of my children was an avocado and it's got healthy fats in it. I think fat is one of the things that really help brains just develop at that early age. And so I would give them avocado. And then I went through every single vegetable first mm -hmm. before I went into the sweet, sweet fruits. Yeah. And so before I went into banana, I had already been through broccoli, green beans, zucchini, you know, of course, avocado, butter beans, lima beans, you know, all of these different things. And so I was basically allowing my kids to understand that everything has a bitter flavor too, before mm -hmm. I said, hey, here's this really yummy banana, and here's the sweet potatoes, and here's the carrots, right? And so they thankfully have this amazing variety of in their palate. They, they can handle all of these different foods. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the foods that both my children love, which is just, it floors me every time I make it for them is bok choy. It's like a cabbage dish that has a bite to it. And mm -hmm. it's just so interesting to see them chow down on it. And I'm just like wondering like, what in the world is going on? Because this is something I would definitely want to have eaten when I was their age, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just because of the way I added variety to their diet and the way I introduced vegetables. The other thing that is one of the best, healthiest things that you can give your children at a young age. And I did baby led weaning where they're picking up, you know, steamed soft food and handling it themselves and bringing it to their mouth themselves. I barely fed my kids, like maybe some mashed avocado here and there, if I was like in the car or on the go or and I didn't want it to get super messy, but most of the time I was making slices of really ripe avocado and letting them hold it and feel it and gum it. And then one of the other things that I gave my children really early on, and it's so healthy for them, is sardines, sardines and anchovies. The DHA that's in there helps their brains tremendously. There's omega-3 fatty acids in it. It's got protein and it's got high vitamin A, which is so good for their brain development. If you, if anybody follows Weston A. Price, that is a great organization. And they have an amazing book too, um, Nourishing Traditions by mm -hmm. Sally Fallon, which is such an amazing book where it kind of gives these tips on how to feed your children really early on. And in, in my book too, Food Babe Family, I share my experience, my specific experience, but they give you lots of other recommendations. And then once my children, so that was around six months of age. And then once my children started to really get, grab a hold of vegetables, then I introduced grains. So then mm -hmm. I introduced sprouted oatmeal. I love this brand one degree because it's certified glyphosate free, which is so nice. So they test it for glyphosate because a lot of times oat crops can have glyphosate on them, especially not conventional ones. So like 
love that brand. And so I would just feed that to them in the morning with like a little bit of ground flaxseed, ground flaxseed, super healthy. Mm. Again, it has the DHA and it's got um, omega threes and super healthy fats in the fiber, which is always good. Mm -hmm. And then in fruits and other things. So that's kind of my progression. I added, you know, I basically did all the the variety of vegetables, some meats, then we got into the grains. And I didn't start doing actual dairy products until after one years old and doing cheeses and things like that and yogurt. Both my kids had a sensitivity to dairy. Um, my daughter had one until she was about two and a half or three, and now she's fine. And my son has the same thing. And so I notice a little eczema shows up when he has cow's milk. So I just avoid that and do goat's milk. He does just fine on that. It doesn't show up at all. And that's one of the things that's so beautiful about my own story. I recognize that food does really impact your skin and you can make these little tweaks and, and solve your children's issues without having to go to the doctor or putting them on steroid creams or like any of this kind of stuff. So that's been great. You know, my little one, my two-year-old has an egg allergy. And so for the longest time, he would just puke it up if he ate it. And mm. now I can put it in muffins and I can put it in pancakes if it's just like one egg and he does pretty good on it. So if your children have allergies or do you see developed allergies along the way, a lot of times they grow out of them. And so you just keep mm. adding it and just seeing and, and testing it. And I tell you, it's really daunting when you do that because you're just like, oh, I, I don't want him to puke or like, I don't want sure. anything to happen. But like, you got to keep trying. And as their intestines and their digestive system start to mature and they get new bacteria in their gut, they're able to actually handle a lot of these different foods. Hmm. That's fascinating. It's so fascinating because like you said, it's opposite of what we're told. We're told rice cereal. You say Gerber promotes it as saying, help support learning ability. That's how they're promoting their products. And yet it can be so much simpler than that. And on the go, an avocado yeah. is really easy to take on the go. And yeah. a lot of these things are easy to take on the go. And then one of the other things you talk about, and then we can move on from babies, but I know a lot of moms that are listening have babies. One of the things you talk about, and this is something that we actually did, was we did mix things together. You make these different purees because that's what all the jars are. It would be like, I mean, I remember seeing jars that would say like Thanksgiving dinner, I, you know, whatever. It's all this mixed together stuff. I mean, would you, I don't know. I just like, <laughs> would you eat that? I wouldn't eat it. And like, the thing is, is like the majority of those mixtures are using the sweet fruits and vegetables to yeah. overpower the taste of those vegetables vegetables, so that your kid never actually learns what a vegetable tastes like. And that's the opposite of what we want to do with our children. We want to mm -hmm. teach them what all these vegetables taste like so that when you serve them and you see them later on in life, they actually want to eat them, that you're not mm -hmm. pureeing them in like random stuff to make them taste better. And so this is one of the reasons why I didn't even introduce smoothies to my children until much later like, you know, at the end of one year or two years old, because I felt like there was just too much of a mimic of flavor because you're putting so much fruit in there and you can't taste mm -hmm. the spinach and you can't taste the almond butter and all other things you're putting in there. So I waited a little while before I did smoothies with my kids. And now because their palates are so widely, you know, arrayed that like, I don't feel like I have to do that anymore. Now they have smoothies all the time. And that's another way for a little bit older children when you get into the toddler years to make sure when they do start to flex their muscles, push their boundaries, say, no, I'm not eating that broccoli today, 
you do have something in your back pocket to make sure they're getting their nutrition by putting mm-hmm. their vegetables in a smoothie, right? right. And there would be times where, you know, my little one, two-year-old, he can be super stubborn when it comes to food sometimes. And he'll just say, I don't want broccoli today. And I'll just look at him and I'm like, that's what's being served. That's what you're going to have today. And I just sit there and within a few minutes, he starts eating and he'll clean his plate. Oh, I love that. Well, you know, it's a whole thing about it doesn't have to be emotionally charged. That's what we talk about when kids get bored and and they're whining. And it's like, well, if it's emotionally charged, it becomes a fight. But if you just say it's all right to be bored or that's what we're serving today and you just kind of repeat it over and over again, then that is the answer. It's so inspiring that it can be a little simpler than we make it. I know Katie Bowman, who is a biomechanist, she has this book called Grow Wild, and she has lots of books actually. But in one of them, she talked about how kids are having an, a hard time, like elementary school age kids, even eating like an apple because maybe they don't have the jaw strength for it or it has to be cut into slices. It's just all these things that you never really think about. Like you were talking about, you know, I want my kids to know the particular tastes of things. I want them to know what broccoli tastes like and cauliflower versus a banana or a peach but also the mechanics of using our jaw. And she has some interesting information about, I can't remember, there's benefits there though. Like oh, we're supposed yes, to use yes. our teeth in our jaw. So can you talk about why the pouches are not the best option? Well, a lot of the pouches, again, we talked about how they're pureed with all kinds of sweet fruits and vegetables. And so that's not going to be the best thing to kind of get your kids hooked to early on. What you want to do is, allow their jaws to move up and down, their teeth start developing correctly then. Because if they're used to just having something soft, their body's not getting, it's like there's no signals happening in the body to say like, this is how your jaw should develop. And so the jaw starts coming in kind of deformed. And I think this is the science that you were talking about that was in this book. And so if you want your child to have a beautiful jaw and be more aesthetically pleasing in in terms of their face, this actually is a study on like the beauty of children and the beauty of people is to have a more symmetrical jawline. You have to introduce real, real foods. And that's why I Mm -hmm. think baby led weeding is just the way to go because you're allowing them all the different tastes and textures and not just doing purees. And so for pouches, what I do is... I think this is really interesting. So when I was traveling and I was on the go and I, I was going to Mexico and I was worried about like feeding my little one who had just started eating. And I was like, well, let me go try a couple of these pouches. And there's this great brand called Serenity Kids that was using bone broth oh, wow. in the pouches and avoiding any kind of sweet fruits and um, that kind of thing. And so it was like they were using like savory things in there kind of like that Thanksgiving dinner approach that you mentioned earlier, but using really good ingredients. And so I brought a couple of those with me and he really liked those. So I was like, okay, this is cool. He likes this pouch thing. And I think it's an awesome option on the go once or twice a week, you know, like that kind of thing. I think that's great. And I use them now because he does like, he just, the novelty of it is fun. And so Mm -hmm. I will use them on a go if we're out at a show or something. And I have this little cute freezer pack that just sticks in the freezer and I can put them in. And I buy actually the reusable squeezy pack so I can put what I want inside. There's this brand called We Sprout and you fill them up yourself. So I'll put my own smoothies and my own things in there so that they're easy to take on the go. I also love these freezer molds that look like little push-up pops 
that make mm-hmm. smoothie push-up pops. And those are really delicious and easy to take on the go because they have a little top and they're made out of silicone. So I'll do that a lot of times instead of buying kind of the pre-made ones out there. Mm-hmm. In terms of the ones that you buy in the store, I think there's two brands to go to. There's Serenity Kids and then there's Once Upon a Farm. Those are probably the best brands that are out cute there. names, Once Upon a Farm. Yeah, very cute names. And so if you buy them, it's okay to have them once in a while, but every mm-hmm. single day or... I would say all the time or or breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that kind of thing would be overkill. Mm -hmm. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust, to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com 1000. That's drinkag1.com 1000. One zero zero zero. Check it out. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit BetterHelp.com slash 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 1000 hours. I love, so if parents are like frantically scribbling things down, I want you to know that all of these things are in this book, Food Babe Family. So the different ideas of swapping you swap like okay we need some of this stuff a lot of times you're on like you said you're on the go you're on vacation yeah you have a late night so you have to have some stuff on hand kids need to eat and so there's all sorts of great alternatives long lists lots of ideas in the food babe family so that you don't have to scribble down everything that you're saying just get the book and it is in there including the Truvani, the only bar, which we have been loving those, but lots of ideas in here. And also it includes the different companies to find them from. So that's super helpful. And you also, you have actual recipe swaps. I love that you have that in there. Like you can make your own goldfish crackers, or if these are the things that your kids like, 
you have got actual things that you could cook. So you have the things that you could buy, but you also have things that you could cook. And then it's very clear where you can find it in the book here. So I guess one alternative would be oatmeal cream pies. I mean, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so those were all the rage. <laughs> yeah. Oatmeal cream pies. And you have a way to make them. They look just like it. Yes. And that's kind of my shtick is that like this lifestyle of eating real food and understanding what's happened to the food industry and using that information for your benefit is not supposed to be like a lifestyle of deprivation. I still eat pizza and croissants and oatmeal cream pies. And I still eat all of this stuff. I just like to make it with real ingredients. So Mm -hmm. for example, I have a recipe in there to remake Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets and their Mm -hmm. waffle fries and Rice Krispie treats, like how to make Rice Krispie treats so that you can enjoy them with your children and not feel bad about some of the ingredients that are in the traditional kind. And so I love the nostalgia of things that I grew up on. And so if there's a way I can find a way to make them with healthier ingredients, then I will. I just want to reiterate the fact that living this lifestyle is not boring. It is actually really fun. And kids are not missing out. They're not being deprived. And I think the most important thing we have to do as parents of today's society more than any other generation Mm -hmm. is actually teach our kids the truth about the food industry, teach them about the ingredients so that they are making these better choices on their own too. I'll tell you a story real quick. My daughter who's six was at school and they brought an ice cream truck and the ice cream truck came and you know, I I got a a letter from the headmaster a few weeks before it came and they said, Hey, we're going to have ice cream day, blah, blah, blah. And of course, like in two seconds, I'm emailing the headmaster, like I'll bring the ice cream because I'm like already thinking of like what (laughs) organic natural brands I could bring. They know you at that school, don't they? (laughs) Oh, they do. They do. And so they were like, no problem, you know, like no worries. (laughs) You know that before they sent it out, they're like, okay, everybody, three, two, one, we're going to hear from Bonnie. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so I was like, okay, let it go, whatever. It's one of the last days of school. She's going to go and have this ice cream, whatever. And I had no idea what they were planning, but it was an ice cream truck. And so she got home from school and I was like, so how was ice cream day or whatever? She goes, oh my gosh, mom, this huge truck came and they had this menu and they had all of these choices. And I just want you to know, I picked the best option. I said, well, what do you mean you picked the best option? And she said, I picked the ice cream sandwich because it wasn't brightly colored. Wow. And I said, the ice cream sandwich, was it delicious? She goes, mom, it was twice the size of what we normally buy. And I was like, oh, because I, I buy the little organic ones that are like half the size. And I go, twice the size, was it delicious? And she's like, oh, it was just so good. And I said, well, good. I'm glad you thought about it. That's awesome. You know, and of course, like after, you know, she went to bed that night, I had to Google what was in like a typical ice cream sandwich. Mm -hmm. And I was horrified. I just couldn't believe it. Like she thought she was making the best choice because she saw white vanilla ice cream and two chocolate wafers. Right. But in a typical ice cream sandwich, I mean, this blew my mind too. They were using titanium dioxide, a chemical they just banned in Europe because it causes cancer. So a a form of whitening agent in the vanilla ice cream portion. And then in the two chocolate wafers that, you know, sandwiched the, the, the sandwich, they had caramel color level four, that ingredient that I've, you know, campaigned against. And I was like, to make it look more chocolatey when they're using less chocolate. And I was just like, gosh, even 
she got bamboozled thinking she was making a better choice by avoiding artificial food dyes, but she still, you know, consumed them. And of course I didn't have the heart to tell her. I was just so proud of her for using her critical thinking skills and like using the things that we've been talking about since she was born and, and like saying, Hey, I made a good choice, mom, like being Mm -hmm. so proud of herself. And like, I believe that's the kind of, those are the kind of skills we want to instill in our children when it comes to food. Like they should know what's been happening to it, how the food industry has created these chemicals over the last 50 years. They're there to improve the bottom line of the food industry, not our health. And so Mm -hmm. we have to teach our kids how, how to disseminate what's going on so that they can make better choices, you know? What a powerful story at six years old. Yeah. At least she's thinking about it. Yeah. And at least she's noticing that is really impressive. And it just goes to show that what you've done and you've done it in a way that's inviting and not scary or that sounds like, oh, I can't have anything, but I'm going to think and pick the best option. And I love that you had the story too at the school about the pizza. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So the pizza saga is an ongoing saga. I don't know if you heard this, but like I announced it this week because it was just so crazy. Three weeks before the book came out, they started Pizza Friday and they had the organic pizza the first week Mm -hmm. of my daughter's school, but then they switched it back to Domino's. And so for everyone listening, the intro to my new book, Food Babe Family, is all on how I got them to switch to organic pizza and they had that for a full year of last year. And I was so excited to share this story to give other parents hope in school at schools and just let them know that people do change their mind and you can make a better option, Mm -hmm. but they switched back to Domino's. So I'm going to actually, this is an ongoing debate and discussion between me and the headmaster and the people at the school. So I'm going to continue to fight for Mm -hmm. those little children's bodies. But in the meantime, what I've been doing, which I think is so helpful for your listeners to hear about is we've been celebrating Pizza Friday a little differently. When this was all going down, when they were switching back to Domino's, I asked my daughter one day casually in the bath, I just said, hey, I heard your school's switching back to Domino's. And she's been part of the conversation since day one. So Mm -hmm. she knows why it was so important for mommy to talk to the headmaster to change this, right? Mm -hmm. And so I didn't even have to explain to her what Domino's was or what ingredients were problematic in Domino's, which there's several Mm -hmm. in terms of harming children's immune systems. There's things in there that are banned all over the globe that are still allowed for use in America. And so this is stuff that's very alarming that's in Domino's Pizza. And people like who are their competitors, like Papa John's don't use a lot of these ingredients. So they're probably one of the worst. So I was it, you know, she was taking a bath. I said to her, your school's going to switch back to Domino's. What do you think? And she goes, mom, can't you just make my own pizza? And, you know, I really want black olives, green peppers and red peppers on it. And I'm like, done. Okay. That was easy. And so fast forward to the first pizza Friday where they're serving Domino's and I'm, I'm sending this pizza in. I'm making it in the morning. I'm putting it in this little warming pouch called warmables. They have these two little packs of cherry pits inside that you stick in the microwave to warm up and they, they stay warm until lunchtime. And so I just put those in there with the little pizza pie. You know, I cut it up into four slices, like a little personal pizza. Mm-hmm. And I, I used a pita bread to make the pizza. So it was so easy. And the home-baked pizza recipe is actually in Food Babe Family. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wants to know how I make it. So I use that and then I send it in with her. 
And when she gets home from school that day, I just like cannot wait to hear about Pizza Friday. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how was it? Like, what was it like having your own pizza? And she goes, oh, mom, it was delicious. And I'm like, really? It was good? And she's like, it was so good. And I said, better than the organic pizza you used to have delivered? And she's like, yes, better than that. And I was like, okay, my work's done here. <laughs> I can just retire. Like she's wow. good. Right. But I just worry about all of the other 59 kids at the school sure. that are experiencing this. And I, I know not everybody's participating in pizza Friday anymore because it did switch to Domino's. And I sent a letter to all the parents telling them what was in Domino's. So, you know, I had to do that. So, you know, I know <laughs> I probably shamed some parents out of sending in that money on Friday for pizza, but um, <laughs> this is our role, though. This is our this role. Is, we are the gatekeepers. Role. We are. Yeah. And it is a tall order. But Kim John Payne says, when we save childhood, we also save ourselves. And I believe it. I believe it. It's a tall order. But I think all of these things that we're fighting against, which is like big food and the technology companies and so much of it. It's like when we stand up for our kids, our lives are better, too. Our lives are enhanced too. And here you have, you have this happy child. I mean, you have no idea where this is going to go. I mean, she already knows all this stuff about food and nutrition and you eat better as a family and you sit down at 5 p.m. and you have your meals. And so here we go. We got to go at it because we are the parents and there's no one else that's going to do it. I love that. I have to know, Jenny, do you sit at, down at 5 p.m. too? I just have to know. We don't sit at 5, but we're a little bit later, but okay. but maybe like five, between 5.30 and 6. And we try and sit down a lot of nights. Okay. We're in the stage where kids for a season are in sports in the evening. So that's a tricky piece too. It's like you want to bring stuff with you and so that you're not eating out at restaurants or you're not having like two dinners, like one at four and one at nine. So what I really love about your book, your cookbook, Food Babe Family, as you can just tell, it's written by someone who is a mother right now. You know, we have these ones that are really disconnected or like my kids don't want that, but like you have the pizza and you have the homemade Oreos and you have the homemade crackers because you know, look, my kid's gonna go to a restaurant. They're gonna go to a birthday party and maybe I'm gonna just sneak in a little alternative, but it's gonna look just as good or it's gonna look very similar or it's gonna look better than the other one. And so I just wanted to highlight a couple things in here that I wrote down because I just think that families need to know about this cookbook. So we talked about the desserts already. Like you said, Rice Krispie Treats, five-minute chocolate pudding cups, and they're beautiful. So if you're wanting a special treat for your child that has ingredients you can pronounce, there are lots of options in this book. You go through main dishes. So we're talking about dinner, 5 p.m. dinner, which is, I mean, it's tricky to get dinner on the table by 5 p.m., but you have burritos and zucchini boats and casseroles and stuffed peppers, soups and salads and sides and all of those types of things. And then you also have lunches. Yeah. So let's talk about this warm lunch idea because, ooh, that that sounds good to have a warm lunch in the middle of the day. You know, one of the things that is really disheartening as a mother is when you send a lunch in for school and it comes back and it's barely eaten. You wonder, is your child getting sick? Like what's going on? Is something wrong with this food? Like, did it not taste good? Like, you know, you just, all these things start to spiral in your head and it starts to like really freak with you. And so one of the things that I feel like is so important to do is to get your child's buy-in with the lunch that they're taking to school. Hmm. Ask them what they like, ask them what they don't like really spend time kind of creating the menu for the week so that you are prepared and they're aware of what they're going to get so that they, 
expect that at lunch. They're not just opening their lunch and being like surprised and being like, oh, this again, you know? One of the things that I always like to do is send something hot because there's something nourishing about having hot, warm food, especially in an environment where it, the school maybe feel cold or like, you know, the air conditioner's running or they're, they've been indoors all morning, that kind of thing. I use my little thermos so many times. Like I put mm. rice and beans in there. I put pasta. I put tortellini in there. I put all sorts of things in there. We've started experimenting with like pizza bites. Pizza bites are this new invention out of a company called Snow Days. And they have re-engineered like Totino's pizza bites back in the day. Like Mm -hmm. I remember eating those and you get them in the freezer section, but they're all organic, really good ingredients. They're grain free. And you just stick them in the oven for like you know, for eight minutes in the morning, and then you can pop them in your thermos and just close it. And your kids have like these little pizza bites, or you can use the warmable pouch that I use for pizza to Mm -hmm. to put them in there too. So like, there's so many different things that you can add to your child's lunch that's hot. And then you can also have the cold component, you know, the cucumbers and the carrot sticks, all the things that you normally send and fruit and etc. And you can kind of maybe prepare that the night before. I'm not so good at preparing things the night before. I'm just like a last minute person. And so in the morning, I'm like, it's like a tornado. But you said, you know, you're if you're making breakfast, how easy is it to pop those pizza rolls in the oven for eight right. minutes or to cook up some rice and beans on the stovetop and put it in the thermos? You had some other ideas in there too, about preheating the thermos by pouring in hot water. And then you talked about how, you know, kids, they're distracted at school. So You want them to have a good option for their meal so that they're eating and they're not hungry. You talked about dips. So hopefully people are getting the picture here that this book is practical. It's practical. Even though there was little tacos. What was that? Yes. Taco salad cups. Yeah. I mean, these are phenomenal ideas. Just all the way down to how to make your popcorn, enhance your popcorn, and how to make the little goldfish, and homemade Hot Pockets. I definitely grew up eating those. Real food, fruit leather. That was my college staple. (laughs) Right, right, right. And so it's just one thing after the next. You even include your smoothie idea in there. Hot cocoa. Oh, wow. We are hitting hot chocolate season here in the north. We're in Michigan, and it is prime hot chocolate season. So three ingredients. Yep. Three ingredients. And everything is using an ingredient that's easily readily available. Nothing is hard to find. And these are all like basic ingredients. So there's not going to be anything that's like going to be over your budget or anything like that. You can find all this stuff. You can find organic, great, but try to find just as much real whole foods as possible. Yeah. What a book. And people can read the other ones as well, just to learn what's going on. I would say the most influential book I read a similar title to yours, Feeding You Lies, is called The 100-Year Lie. And that book changed my life. It chronicled the change in our food and the chemicals that we're using on the earth. And it went from like 1900 to 2000. And it paralleled like this change and this rise in disease. And it was really eye-opening. Oh, I have to read that book. It's called The 100-Year Lie. The 100-Year Lie. And it talks actually a lot in there about fertility too that no one used to have endometriosis. It was something like, and these, I'm gonna be off with my numbers, but it was something like in 1930, 20 people had endometriosis. And by 2001 in 20 women had endometriosis. So I had it. 
Yeah, I had mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And I had to have surgery to remove it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting read. And so I like you got feeding you lies, how to unravel the food industry's playbook and reclaim your health. So lots here for parents. Your books have phenomenal reviews online. The Food Babe Kitchen has almost 3000 reviews. That's my first cookbook. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. A lot to draw from. Vani, this has just been awesome to have the food babe here. Like I said, my kids have been thrilled with the Truvani products and the cookbook. Everyone likes looking through it and I'll tag you. There was a thing that said tag if you make the different things. Okay, we always end our podcast with the same question. It might be tricky because you said you grew up with some studious parents, but the question is, what is a favorite memory from your childhood that was outside? So my favorite memory in my childhood outside is having picnics at Parkwood Park and here in Charlotte where my parents and their friends and their children, we would have potlucks and we would like take over the park and it would be on Sundays and it was so much fun. I remember skinning my knee on the merry-go-round and I look at that scar and I just think about that time and I just I like I I actually love it I love like looking at the scar on my knee and like thinking about how fun that was yeah it's amazing those merry-go-rounds aren't around that many places anymore no. and they <laughs> yeah. say they're so so good for development all that community and you come together around food and have relationship what a great memory well, Vani, thank you. People can find you everywhere. You've got like a massive social media following, website, four books, a company that sells the perfect foods. Like if you're looking for bars to take along, they're delicious. So they can get those from you and these different, you've got collagen. There, there's a lot. There's a yes, whole lot. Yes. Who would have ever, you know, I also think that's a really cool part of your story too, is you left the job. You left the job that offered all this food. I mean, it must have been a really good job if that's how they were treating you. And, and you left and you said, I'm going to do something else. And yeah. here it has blossomed and grown and impacted so many families, so many children. So really appreciate you taking the time to be on. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It really, truly is an honor. I just, I love, love I can't express that enough. It's not every day that I get to sit down with someone who I just love. Like, <laughs> so I just love it been following you for so long and so inspired by everything that you do in the world and teach people and inspire little kids to get outside and like, you know, parents to let them know how important it is. It's just, we all have to be reminded all the time of this stuff. And I just, I really appreciate you. Oh, I feel the same way. Isn't it similar about the food? I think it's so hard because there's so much marketing. So it's like, you need that consistent reminder of like, I don't really want to buy that. Like I want to buy it, but nope, nope. You know, Vani's going to remind me that no, what's in that thing. <laughs> and so then you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to buy that. I'm going to use her cookbook and make it my own. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners 
on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.